0: Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of The Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate. Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of The Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System.
1: There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track.
2: We're basically going to have to win.
3: Daytona.
1: A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive.
2: One point to the good.
1: And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com.
4: All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Michigan International Speedway. In advance of this weekend's Firekeepers Casino 400, we are joined by members of RFK Racing uh, we have Michigan native and team owner Brad Kozlowski, and we have our most recent race winner in the NASCAR Cup Series, Chris Busher up here, who won last week at Richmond. We will go straight to questions. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless mic for you. We'll start up here with Cameron, and then go to Lee and Steven.
5: Cameron Richardson, NASCAR.com. Brad, before Michigan last year, the team combined had just one top five finish. Since Michigan last year, you guys have now had two wins, 11 top fives, and 25 top tens. So just as a team owner, how satisfying is it to come back to the home state of Ford and your home state and, you know, to show off, you know, look how far this team has come since?
6: Yeah, a lot of progress over the last 12 months. And, um, you know, we, we started making progress uh, immediately when I came in. It's just you don't realize it. You make a lot of investments in people and equipment, and, you know, none of them are light switches and, you know, I, I feel like uh, about this time last year, uh, we really started to hit it. Some of our investments started to mature, and then, of course, some more during the offseason. Uh, but uh, things started to come together. I think last year, uh, from this point to the end of the year, we were, you know, both cars were easily top 15 cars. And then this year, we've kind of taken another step. And, you know, I think we're 11th and 13th uh, right now in our points. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, we still have more steps to go. Uh, super proud of the progress over the last twelve months. Uh we need to make another leap, uh, to be, you know, a playoff content, not contenders, but playoff uh winning kind of cars. Uh, and that's that's a, the next level for us that we're committed to. But certainly proud of the progress that we've made and being able to win races and compete for a lot more top fives, top tens, laps led. Those those are good uh, good to see Cameron and
7: we're we're super proud of
6: that
4: over here to the far right to Lee, and then we'll go to
7: Stephen and Matt. Lee Spencer com. For Brad, I'm just kind of curious, how confident are you with your playoff situation right now?
6: Well, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm way more confident in Chris's playoff situation. <laughs> His looks really good. Um, you know, for us, we're, we're not in a bad spot. I would think we have four races left uh, to the playoff start, and, uh, you know, it would take three new winners for us to, to be knocked out. It's uh, certainly possible uh but uh you know probably not likely uh ultimately, we need to go out and uh, and, and still go to perform and we can't take anything for granted. Uh, I think we have something like a hundred and fifty point cushion on the cutoff line right now and hundred on the next one if someone were to win so that feels pretty reasonable and I certainly would take that uh over the alternative of not having a cushion or, or being behind uh but it's it's again it's not a guarantee so uh, you know, we've got a, a good race track for us here in Michigan. This is a track I've had, uh, you know, a number of really good runs and, and you know, second-place finishes and most laps led in stage wins, and uh, I know that uh, all the Fords are, are loaded for bear, and we've worked really hard to, to make sure we have a strong showing here uh, with our car prep for, for all of our cars, um, and, and hopefully that bodes well for us uh, come Sunday, but um, ultimately you're not in until you're in, Lee, and, uh, and worry we ain't in, so... Um, you know I think if, if we're able to bunch to through and get both cars in the playoffs there's, there's some really good races for us uh, you know obviously having won Bristol last fall with Chris and uh, uh, that, that track seems to suit our cars really well and uh, Darlington was really good for us uh, you know I, I think you look at the rounds Texas last year we ran really well Homestead I think well, we had a great race so there's some tracks that that really suit us well in, in the playoffs I don't I feel like if we can, you know, lock both cars in, that, that we'll make some noise in the playoffs for sure. But um, first things first, we got to get both cars in.
7: With this iteration of RFK, right? I mean, you're still in your infancy with you coming on. How important is it as to the company as a whole for both cars to be in? How you know? How critical of an accomplishment would that be?
6: Well, I think it's super critical, but obviously I have my own biases, Um, but I I think putting both cars in and and, and really kind of showing to ourselves and to others that uh, we're committed to to having the depth across the entire company to to be able to win and be a threat on any given Sunday uh, with both cars is is super critical to our long-term standing in the sport and, and performance.
7: And for Chris, people are starting to tout you as a road course ace for some reason. And, you know, just kind of curious, looking at the next two road courses on the schedule, um, Indy and Watkins Glen, how important is it not to get used up going into turn one? Because, you know, you want to set the pace for your entire lap. And so, you know, that's getting into turn one is crucial for the benefit of the entire lap.
0: Yeah, it's a... Road course racing has been a lot of fun, and uh, we've been very competitive at them, and, um fast race cars make, make me look too good at those kinds of places because it um, it's not my background, but it's uh track that we had um, fantastic speed at was Indy last year. Um, both of us were very fast in the race. I think you had the fastest lap of the race. So, um, you know, it's definitely one that we're looking at. Um, obviously, lap one, Led to our highlight reel and being on fire and all that nonsense last year. So um, yeah, we're definitely trying to uh, to pay attention um, to that one, trying and, and guard yourself against that. Um, you know, I think that the cars have come a long way too. We've made some changes. Uh, industry has to where we, we don't have to worry about um, about it in, in the same uh, same regard as we did at that point. And um, you know, hopefully now we can get through it nice and clean because uh, once you do. And uh, kind of establish yourself in the running order. It certainly cleans cleans up a lot as we get into the race. So, um, you know, as we, we look at what we did with uh, Chicago and the restart zone, um, obviously we are single file there, which um, you know, do not make any of us minded. But, um, you know, obviously with the weather and everything, it was kind of uh, more out of necessity than, than wanting to be single file. But the restart zone certainly helped clean up turn one, which was a, a pretty big concern for all of us heading into the weekend. And it ended up being – all but a non-issue, right? So um, I feel like some of the changes for Indy will certainly help that as well. The, uh, the changes, just trying to move the restart zone and, and try to and make it to where we're not driving in there five wide. Uh, I mean, I think that's the, the big part is you start on the front straightaway of, uh, of Indy, of uh, if it would have been there on, on, at Chicago, but um, you know, it's just coda you know you go into the corner and five wide and um and, and something's got to give and it's usually not a driver it's usually a uh a, a tow link or uh or a bumper or something because um we're all a little hard-headed so uh yeah if we can anything we can do to help smooth that out will certainly certainly be a big help
4: we'll go to steven and then matt and then dustin
8: Steve Connolly, the podium finish. Um, Brad, I want to ask you uh, about Chris since you brought him on. Uh, obviously, win last week at uh, at Richmond. What have you seen out of him develop uh, just this year? Because he's often looked at as an underrated driver, uh, but really starting to stand out there at RFK. Well, in, in fairness to some of my predecessors, I didn't
6: uh, specifically bring him on. He was here before me, and uh, I think more just wanted him to stay. Um, you know, I, I think there's a you know I think Chris is very talented. I think he has a very humble approach that uh, is great for building a team and a framework that can be uh, successful and enduring for years to come. Um, and so the, the the roots are all there for him to be successful. And, you know, I, I felt like for a while that he was you know held back by the equipment that wasn't on par with his you know level of talent. And, and I'm fully committed to making sure that we have that level of equipment across all aspects of, of our uh, business. So. Um, I'm not sure if I fully answered your question, but I think we're lucky to have, Chris, and it's been good for everybody.
8: And, Chris, I actually want to go back a little ways. Uh, next week will be nine years since your win at Mid-Ohio in the Xfinity Series uh, with Nationwide and Luke Benner. I want to ask you if you, some of your
0: memories of that and if you still have that connection with the Benner family. Yeah, that's, uh, man, time's flying. But, um, yeah, it is cool and, and do get to uh, to talk to them a little bit from time to time still. So, uh I don't think I've seen seen in since I think it was probably pre COVID in uh in Charlotte uh a handful of years ago now. But um yeah, I mean it's well, another one of those road course wins that uh I guess started started the label, but um you know, it was obviously a, a special uh special event to have Nationwide Children's uh hospital on the car at that one and uh to have the the Benner family there with us. Um and in victory lane for uh, for that first win, certainly a, a fun one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure uh, uh, if, if it works out, we'll see them I mean, at another race. I know Mid-Ohio is kind of their uh, their local track, and uh, we don't go there yet in the Cup Series. But um, I, I I would vote for that one if, uh, if if someone asks. So I'd be in for it.
4: i going to go over here to Matt and then Dustin.
9: Matt Weaver, Sports Night. Um, this is mostly for Brad, but, Chris, you can – jump into where you want. Uh, we talk collectively as an industry about this car and how tightly controlled it is, a suspect car, um, and how it's made the racing too close. And it got me thinking about IndyCar and how the damper program is opened up for development. It's the one thing on that car that they can't open up. Is there something in this car that we open up to kind of create a little bit of speed disparity that would not, like, fracture the economic model of the next gen?
6: Oh, I wasn't really prepared for this one, Matt.
9: This, I'm is, out on this, this is all
6: you right here. <laughs> Man, I,
9: I should have put more
6: thought on this one. Um, you know, I, I think there, there are some open criteria that we do have that IndyCar doesn't, you know. Some of our engine criteria is open where IndyCar is uh, a little more tightly regulated. Um, so what, there are some areas that I think are open for development, and uh, we do have, Uh, Fairly robust, uh, you know, aero programs uh, amongst the manufacturers, which, you know, somewhat is generated from the team. So, you know, I I would be hesitant to say that there aren't areas for development. Uh, I think there are, uh, but uh, certainly less than ever before, Matt. Uh, To specifically suggest a a certain area, I don't know if I have that idea uh, at this time, Uh, but I'll put some thought into it, Matt, I can tell you that. But, um, you know, I I think uh, we, we do see disparities right now. Um, they're not as prominent as they were. Uh, you know, I, I think right now that the majority of the the fight and contest seems to be on the you know submittal and homologation of the aerodynamics of the car, uh, and I, I think we see that fairly routinely through the years, and it hasn't changed fully with the the next gen. Uh, and so uh, you know that that is going to continue to surface. I, I feel like last year, you know, the Fords had a, a pretty good car, arguably the best car through the homologation period, and and then this year, I think, pretty easily, the, the worst car, and uh, conversely, you, you could probably say Toyota had the worst car last year, and this year has the best, uh, and that seems to show itself more than, you know, what we have uh, available to us on the team side, uh, but, uh, you know, those things, they, they flip and they flop here and there, and, uh, you know, you, you got to take advantage when you're on top and, you know, try to mitigate when you're behind, so uh it's hard for me to say there's one area that nascar should just open the rule book Um, you know i I think that uh, these cars were were meant to to tighten it up and have done a good job of that and maybe that can be argued it's good or bad with respect to parity and passing but uh, for the most part i think it's it's served our sport well
9: then one lighthearted question on srx you know four weeks into it it seems like that's a lot of fun for all of you guys and what has that experience been like for you now that you've had time to kind of integrate into that
6: yeah, I had a great time, uh, you know, seeing some of the local short tracks that, that make up our sport, and, uh, you know, that, that's that's that been a blast, and, and seeing guys I haven't seen in a while, you know, I had a chance to sit down and talk to uh, uh, Casey Kane, and, you know, I, I haven't seen him since he stopped running in NASCAR, and, and some of the other uh, NASCAR drivers, and then meet the IndyCar drivers that I, uh, I knew peripherally, but didn't really have a chance to talk to, so uh, that's been a lot of fun. Ken Schrader and I shared some, some old NASCAR stories that I always had questions about, so, uh, it it uh, you know I, I keep joking with people that that's like the Senior Tour series, um, and uh, I'm not sure if I should be proud to be in it or not. <laughs> I don't feel that old, uh, but they even have this latch so you can get in and out of the door easier. So that that really hit me pretty hard. Uh, but um, no, it's 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 been it's been fun. It's um, it's a nice little piece, you know, without being able to run the Xfinity series or Cup series, and you know I miss those reps. I miss being able to compete in those series, and with the, the rules changes and the Lack of availability for for rides for the limited races you are allowed to run, it it uh, just hasn't uh, been an opportunity for me. So this fills a nice gap for me in, in my life and schedule. Thank you. No problem.
4: I'm going to go up here to Dustin. And just remind everyone, we're trying to get through as many questions as we can in a limited time. So if you can hold it to one question, and then if we can get to you again with a second question, we will. Go ahead, Dustin.
3: Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Uh, Brad, with the uh, – The new media rights deal for the Xfinity Series with with the CW, Um, as you look at your long-term goals and plans, I'm suspecting at some point there might be an Xfinity program in there to kind of build up your people and manpower. How does the media rights deal that's now out there for Xfinity affect that thought process for you?
6: Well, it's certainly very intriguing. Um, I thought that the announcement for the Xfinity Series was a big win for our industry. Uh, to be on, you know, uh, broadcast for all the races for that series. Um, you know, I, I think that gives us a, a high level of exposure for that series that hopefully transcends into whatever the media rights deal is for the, the Cup Series or at least complements it some way. Uh, so that, that I think that's an exciting moment for our sport that, Probably is not fully understood at this moment, but uh you know if, if we're fast forwarding the clock you know five or ten years, I think we're going to look back at it and say that was a that was a really nice uh, uh win for the sport uh so you have to be seen what's going to happen outside with the Cup series and the truck series and uh you know I, I'd be remiss to to have a, a an answer for you on on what our level of involvement will be in the Xfinity series but uh I, I would like to think that uh, you know, with the series being broadcast, it'll be able to attract the partners that we would need to, to be able to justify that level of investment uh, that it takes to run that series, and, and ultimately that will
9: be the deciding factor. Excuse me. This is Roy dot uh, MidwestSportsScene.com. This is probably more for Brad, but um, with the success that you've had with the win last week and with the more top fives and that, do you have... Perhaps a thought to expand to three teams, either competitive if you hit a competitive goal or a sponsorship goal, or am I putting the cart before the horse?
6: No, I think we definitely would like to do that. Uh, You know, it's easier said than done. Uh, You know, for the time being, I think we're we're quite satisfied with the relationship we were building with uh, the the Rick Ware Racing cars, uh, which allows us to kind of add some depth to our uh, you know roster without going out and buying another charter. Right now, um, I think it's Maybe well documented, maybe not. I don't know. It's it's almost impossible to buy a charter. Nobody's selling one, um, and, and it's really no matter what your offer is, you, you can't buy one. Uh, I think there's been some some people knocking on the door at, uh, with a lot of money, and uh, the answer is your money's not good anywhere. Um, you know that the, everybody on the, the team owner side wants to see where the, the charter agreement goes, and. Um, where the TV rights deal goes, media rights deal goes. And and so there's no charters actually even actively for sale right now. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next uh, 24 months when when this thing gets announced. But uh, ultimately, yes, we would like to get to a third car. Uh, You know, it has to be possible. And and right now it's, it's not possible.
4: All right, Brad and Chris, thank you for joining us, and good luck this weekend here in Michigan.
6: Thanks, guys. Good to see you all. Appreciate it.
4: And we have Ty Gibbs coming up to join us.
1: There are 16 spots in the playoffs, and just one track left. Well, not just any track.
2: We're basically going to have to win.
3: Daytona,
1: a last chance to keep playoff hopes alive.
2: One point to the good.
1: And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com.
4: Ty Gibbs from Joe Gibbs Racing, who actually won here at Michigan last year in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, so has had some success here in Michigan. We will go straight to questions for Ty. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start here with Cameron, then go to Lee.
5: Cameron Richardson, NASCAR.com. Ty, your first Cup Series Top 10 came here at Michigan. So as you try to work your way back into the top 16, you know, how does that help your confidence,
10: knowing that you can succeed here? Yeah, we had a really good car last year. Um, and we really did a good job. I thought we would finish better. I got speeding at the end on the last restart when Denny had a penalty, so we both had it come from the back. But um, I felt like we were really fast last year, and I really like this track. It's really fun. I feel like you're just hammering down the whole time uh, really fast. So uh, it's a really cool place, and it's fun to, fun to race here.
7: Go over to Lee on the far right. Good morning. Good morning i um, just kind of curious, you're, you're right there below the bubble. How confident are you that you can kind of push your way in with four to go?
10: Um, I think for me, just and my team, we just have to execute every week. I think we didn't really do good last week, or I didn't do good last week, and we gained a bunch of points still. So just got to do better than that, and I think we'll be in a better shot. So um, I'm, I have really good confidence in my team, and uh, I know that they're bringing great race cars to the track, and we'll see what we can do. Yep.
4: My question over there in the middle, and then we'll go to Stephen. Uh, Taylor Kitchen with Above the Yellow Line dot com. Talk about the, the pressure for maybe Toyota to perform well this weekend trying to break this streak that Ford has going on. How confident are you there?
10: Yeah, I think we're, you know, Toyota's always really confident, and, you know, they bring the best they can every single weekend. Uh, we appreciate Toyota so much for all the stuff they give us to prepare for the races on the weekend. They do so much for us, so... Um, you know, I thank them uh, a lot, and and you know, I think we have really great cars here. Um, I think we were really strong last year. Uh, Danny got caught at the end on a, on a penalty from something, and and I think Bubble was up front too last year. So uh, I think we we're all up front, honestly. Uh, so I'm I'm very confident in my team this in in this year, and and you know, and, and I think 23 level have a great run, and I hope we have a great run. So I think uh, Toyota will bring strong cars, and you know, hopefully the Toyota that goes a the will be me. And then the rest of them can win whatever they want. Just let me get in one.
4: And then talking about, again, your point situation, just mentally, how do you go into these race weekends pressure-wise? Like, how do you deal with that pressure of trying to get in on points your rookie season?
10: Yeah, well, first of all, it's a rookie season. So I think that's what everybody's been telling me. It's all right. You just do the best you can. So for me, I feel like I I go on uh, each race the same, and, just try to complete the mission and do the best I can and um, and do the best I can with my car. You know, sometimes I don't do as good with what my car is capable of, so i got to go back and learn. But in times where, you know, I can't really make my car go any faster because the setup, something's wrong with it, uh, then I just got to suck it up and deal with it, basically, and, and do the best I can with it. So um, I think it's a mental game. It's racing's really, really hard. Um, Cup is really, really hard. And I think the Xfinity Cup jump now is, times as hard as it's ever been right and you have a whole different car and in track positions means more than anything so it is really hard but I really enjoy it and I know my team does a great job and works really hard we have a great pit crew and
8: we'll keep working hard
4: I'm gonna go to Steven and then Dustin
8: Steve Connolly the podium finish um, Ty last year you were you had a lot of criticism for your aggression and uh, Early in this season, a lot of people looked at that as well. Have you feel like you've had to temper that a little bit um, here as you learn the Cup Series and maybe uh, even race a little differently? Um, Well, here's the thing.
10: The Cup Series is, I feel like, so much different on that. You know, the Xfinity, I feel like you can see it week in and week out. I think they put on a great show. But the race in Xfinity, everybody's trying to get the cup, right? So there's a lot to prove in in those spots. So I think there's already a lot of aggression already in that, and you know, of course, everybody wants to get the cup, right? And so, and the Cup series is so much different, and why it's so much different for me is that I've known Kevin Harvick since I was probably five, and I've known all these guys since I was super super young. So, um, you know, the the respect kind of is already there for for me to them. Um, I think there's a lot of times where you do have to be really aggressive in, in situations, and of course, I'm a rookie, so I gotta hold my ground a little bit more than I have. But I think all that, like all the talk about you know respect and all that in the cup, I think you know it's just like it's more media talking about it than it is actually going on. I think it's way more chill the drivers is right. I think they're just I guess it's something for you guys to talk about honestly. But and I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but it's just like it's so. I feel like there's so much talk about it, but, like, you know, we have a lot of respect for each other. Um, I feel like I have a great respect for my teammates and a lot of respect for all these drivers. I've known Kyle Larson, since so I've raced dirt carts and he came to our motocross shop. So, like, I've known those guys for so
8: long, and it's so different. And, and racing the cup car you're just kind of talking about uh, with, with point standings and um, getting the best out of the car that you can. Have you had to kind of r- learn that a little bit more of – knowing, okay, the car may be a 10th place car and not to push it, when to push it, and when not to?
10: Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I'm always going to push it as fast as I can go and do the best I can. There's times where you can push over the limit, you know, over-slip the tire, and it's going to hurt you, right? Uh, So that stuff happens, but I feel like for me, I'm just going to work the best I can every week and and do the best I can, Um, work hard in the simulator, get my my sit-ups really close for the race weekend, and just keep getting more and more and more. And then next year when we come back and, you know, we – I've been to these tracks before with my team that I'm racing like, with right now, and we're going to be better, and we're going to keep getting better and better and better and better. It just doesn't end.
4: We're going to go to a couple questions up front here. Dustin and Larry.
3: Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Uh, I was talking with Chris Berkey earlier this week yeah. about your pit crew, and I know that they had all the fast stops uh, last weekend. A lot of things go into that, but certainly one element is you've got to put the car in the right spot. Yeah. And he talked about – earlier in the season that was something maybe we had to work a little bit on can you give me a sense of you know, so many so many things are going to factor in these last four races, or whether you make the playoffs or not, and it could be something small, it could be something big. But just the idea of hitting your mark on um, on a pit stop, and and some of the other little things that you have to you focused on, and gotten better, and things you still have to focus
10: on. Yeah, for sure. Well, the I think the hard part for going from extending the cup and the pit stops is that it's a whole different technique getting in the box. You know, we have an H pattern, and I can go from you know, second gear and and go into neutral. And next thing they are in a cup car, I have to downshift once, and then I have to do my rest of my procedure. So it's a little bit different. Um, And, you know, that sometimes is a little challenging going back and forth like it was last year. And this year I had a lot of time to work on it. But I think the biggest thing is we have a really great, realistic pit stop car now in the back of our shop and getting more time in that and spending more time you know, just practicing and getting on my marks every time is is really important, and just getting race scenarios is more important. is is the most important as well. But, um, I don't, It's just it's just time and and getting used to it. And I enjoy spending time with these guys as well. You go to Larry. Larry Leach, Associated Press. You mentioned Kevin Harvick, and you know someone you've known
2: since you were five. And you know this is his last season, as he's announced. Can you? reflect on what you remember about him as a kid and now having the opportunity to compete against him uh, means what to you
10: Well growing up at, at, with him kind of as a kid I've known him my whole life but as a kid I think we had some run-ins with our team with him a little bit time at time after time but I you know I, I he raised my dad I grew up kind of around them and I feel like we're you know I actually live within like 2 miles of him now so like we're pretty close um and I just have known him for a while and, and he's been really great and I appreciate what he's done for the sport, and hopefully he has a good you know, rest of his journey and, and uh, like, watching his kid race, too. It's cool.
4: Do we have anything final for Ty? All right, Ty, thanks for joining us today. Good luck this weekend here.
1: There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track.
3: We're
2: basically going to have to win.
3: Daytona.
1: A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com.
4: We are now going to be joined by Kyle Busch from Richard Childress Racing. Kyle has a Cup win here back in 2011, also has three wins this season already in the NASCAR Cup Series. We will open it up for questions for Kyle. Please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start here with Steven.
8: Kyle, I've got to kick it off a little bit lighthearted and ask you about the uh, SRX and uh, Joey Logano jumping on the radio during the broadcast. Um, what were you, what went through your head the moment that uh, you heard his voice in the radio? What the hell? Um, <clears throat> that was probably the first thing. But um,
11: you know, after that, I I, uh, I I don't even remember what he asked me. But um, you know, we were kind of in a little cat and mouse game I guess that's what he brought up uh with Brad and just kind of trying to figure out how hard to push and what to do uh at that point in the race but um knowing there was still a couple of cautions coming uh you just kind of you know try to take care of your stuff and pace yourself and then that's right when Helio was uh was on it on the bout to go to the front and take the lead so he nudged me and got by me so you know thankfully Joey was on my radio so it was his fault I lost the spot um you know but um we were able to make it back up later uh I wish he would have come back on the radio later when I was uh on some of those restarts you know he could have spotted for me that would have been good
8: he actually said on the broadcast with two to go he thought about jumping back on your radio but figured that was a bad time to do it um are you going to invite him back to be a spotter anytime soon yeah no it was fine I mean it doesn't matter if it's if it's him or Kevin
11: or Connor um Whoever else they have up in the booth there with, with SRX, it's always just it's kind of lighthearted, so it's fun. You know, it's kind of neat that they do that. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's no money on the line. There's no points on the line, none of that stuff. So, um, obviously, you know, it's not quite as serious as our Sunday job.
4: Going to go over to the left to hey, Matt.
9: Matt Weaver, sports knot, Kind of a follow-up on that having done the last two races and kind of surveyed the landscape. Uh, what do you think the future of what they're doing could look like, and you know, what would you change, what do you really like, stuff like that?
11: Um, honestly, I feel like they've got a pretty good program um, on what they're doing. I know it's really tough on the on the guys uh, and the girls who work behind the scenes and do all the stuff with preparing the cars and working on the cars. Unfortunately, Berlin was a, a decent race for about the only – work they really got to do is uh is clean out the burnout rubber from my car uh this week you know but um 12 cars uh, you could probably do 16 at least you know it'd be cool to see more cars um i think that you know it's okay when you have some calamity uh and some crashes and stuff like that as long as you know everybody's kind of keeping safe um stremy had a throttle stick in one of the test cars there the other day and he wailed the wall and he was okay, and Canon destroyed the fence, too, at uh, at Stafford. So uh, the cars do have some some good safety aspects to them, which is nice. We're at short tracks, so it's it's not going 180 miles an hour. You know, we're going a 100, 120 maybe. So um, it's just cool that they have all the short tracks that they go to. There's a lot of great short tracks across the country that would be really fun to watch those cars go around at. Um, <clears throat> you know, Richmond actually might be, too big of a racetrack to go to um, for those cars. You could put on a race there, but I think it would be a little bit too big of a speedway. Um, You know, so the short track, half miles and under are are a really good place for them.
9: And then a uh, big picture NASCAR question. Drivers have been beating the drum, I guess, the last two years with the next gen about how, you know, we're working on aero, we're working on all the underbody stuff, but really at the end of the day the cars are just so close and that's one of the biggest things to overcome. Which got me thinking about IndyCar. It's a spec car, but the damper program is open for development. Is there one thing that you think we could choose on this car and open it up to kind of create a little bit of speed disparity?
11: Um yeah, I don't know. Um I mean you don't the biggest thing for me that I feel like is, is a hindrance to the car and traffic and all that sort of stuff is the underbody. Um, just They wanted a flat sheet across the bottom, so it's the same for everybody, that they don't have to police, um, but honestly, I feel like that's probably our biggest detriment uh, with this car is we all talked about overbody, underbody aero, this and that for years, tens of years, um, and we all thought the underbody aero was the way to go, but honestly, it's it's we've gone backwards. Uh, It's worse in traffic. So I feel like that stems from that. And to get rid of that and just have overbody and and what all we do there. And the cars are all the same. You buy them from the same supplier and everything else. So they're homologated basically. Um, You know, so they got a scanning device that scans the floors. Why don't we just scan the bottom of the cars without a pan, you know, and all the rough surfaces and everything else underneath the bottom of the car. Um, But that's kind of my thing. I don't know if that really makes any more discrepancy between the field on speed. I think that's just a a traffic thing, in my opinion.
7: Go over to Lee. Lee Spencer, catchfence.com. Couple um just really quick, you guys decided to move Brexton up um, a division. He told me the other night at, at Berlin. Um, did you just kind of feel like he had exhausted the division he was at and it was time to challenge him?
9: Um,
11: so the Midwest swing is what we call it. That's what we're on. And when we go to some of these places with as competitive as Millbridge is, Millbridge's um, cadet class is basically their – beginner box class anywhere else you know so last year we ran the beginner box class and we won at wisconsin we should have won at iowa but we got put on the berm with two to go um so i figured this year you know if he wants to to kind of step up and move up to the older kids class and run with the older kids because that's more so his grouping of talent with the other kids in the midwest because it's just um, I don't know if they just don't race as much or what, but the competition at Millbridge is the highest anywhere. If you can win at Millbridge, you can win anywhere. I've had multiple dads tell me that, and it's true. So, um, you know, I feel like the, the best kids in the country are there. And um, so when we go out of town, we'll we'll bump up a class.
7: And looking at turns one of the next two road courses, how important is it to get through turn one at Indy and turn one at Watkins Glen so you don't screw up your whole lap?
11: Yeah, well, <clears throat> talking about cars being close and similar and hard to pass, all that, you know, it's, that's your time to make up time is on the restarts right then and there. Once you get through about the first three or four corners that it's over, you know, so that's why you see so many aggressive moves, dive bombs, all that stuff on restarts is to make up, if you can get two spots right now, that's two spots that you're better than what you were, right? So, um, you know, Indy, I I bet you I probably missed it in the driver's meeting here at at 10 o'clock this morning. I was Still sleeping, so <laughs> trying to catch up from a, a long week, but um, you know, where the restart zone is and stuff like that and try to get us a little bit singled out. I felt like the restarts at Chicago were perfect. Um I thought that was a really good idea. We had an acceleration zone right before a corner and then we were single file, so it all kind of kept us, you know, a little bit away from each other and, and it was good clean racing and once you could make up time on a guy and outbreak a guy, then you you did that, you know, but it wasn't just four-wide down a straightaway, funneling into a one-lane corner.
4: Do we have any additional questions for Kyle? Go to Chris.
11: Chris, 9 catch-on.com. I hate to bring up the truck series, but I know you are pretty vocal last week in talking about the truck series and how, how the model is right now. Are you hopeful that maybe with the new TV package in 2025, the the business model will increase and help determine maybe who is able to get behind the wheel of a KBM truck? Um, no. I I just I voice my opinion on what I feel, but I don't foresee it changing, so we'll just see what happens down the road and and what uh new t v deal there is and and what that means, but uh, I honestly don't think it's gonna be a significant enough change to make a difference and um you know we'll see what what we can do with um you know with our team going forward um you know we've got the my part time races, my five races for next year, and then we've got the rest of the truck still open. Uh, for next year, to kind of figure out what we're going to do in that respect, but um, you know, Purdy will be back and Sanchez will be back, so um, you know, we're we're pretty good with where we're at. Mm-hmm.
4: Anything final for Kyle? All right, Kyle, thanks for joining right. us. Good luck yep. this weekend.
2: Monday morning, guys, nine o'clock central. Kenny, the Loud night, Show. Monday morning.
1: There are sixteen spots in the playoffs. And just one track left. Well, not just any track.
2: We're basically going to have to win.
1: Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive.
2: One point to the good.
1: And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com.
4: For its first win here at Michigan. We will go straight to questions for Chase. If you please raise your hand, we'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll start up here with Cameron and then go to Matt.
5: Cameron Richardson, NASCAR.com. Chase, you come into Sunday 40 points outside the outside the playoffs. Um, how do you go about assessing the situation going this Sunday? Do you go? Do you try to maximize? stage points or do you know do you guys have to go all in and go for the race win now do you feel like you're still in a place where you can maximize on points
12: uh i mean i my stance has been the same since i got back and i think we need to win so um and and like i've said you know a thousand times since <laughs> since I've been back i think i think gaining a lot of points and contending for wins is very much one and the same you know it's it's not coincidence that the guys are The guys that are high up in points um, have race wins, but they're also, you know, leading the regular season thing or whatever it's called, uh, too. Like, those two things go hand in hand. So if you're gaining a lot of points, you're probably going to have a shot to win. Uh, And if you're not, then you're probably not going to have a shot to win, you know. So I think those are one and the same. We'll
4: go to Matt and then Jeff.
9: Over here. Uh, Matt Weaver, Sports Knot. Um, You've kind of beat the drum from day one with this car that despite all the talk of aero or mechanical grip or whatever, that really these cars are just super tightly controlled and everyone's running at the same time. So I'm curious. Um, I started thinking about IndyCar, and IndyCar is kind of similar in that it's a spec car, but the damper program has opened up and you can do whatever there. Is there a part of this car that you think we could open up that would maybe kind of add some flavor to the racing and to – the behind-the-scenes stuff?
12: Um, I mean, that's a great question. I, honestly, I'm, I'm not familiar with the IndyCar rules um, at all. I mean, I know that they were kind of first to the spec car uh, thing, and I and I had heard that what we were doing was more in line with, with what they had going on or what they had been having going on. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what you open up. You know, I, I think this is really what NASCAR... You know as a sanctioning body wants that they want a lot of control over the cars and uh you know they they want to have um part suppliers and and you know have the teams buy buy parts instead of building them you know and and I think the thought that it was gonna save the thought was it was gonna save a lot of money you know and um I'll let other people answer whether or not that's true but you know i i think that um I don't know what you open up to, to make, to make it better or worse. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, but I, I do know this, the, the cars are, are very much alike. Um, it, it's so funny, like every week, you know, we do our post-race debriefs and, uh, the engine shop comes up with this really nice report for us to look at, you know, while we're, while we're talking through our, our, uh, our race. And it kind of, splits up like part throttle full throttle closed throttle and like the four of us four of our guys are within like a percent of each category and um when those things are the same it's just going to be really hard to be different and i just i don't see it changing
9: and then uh, you're going back to berlin for the first time i think in like five or six years on tuesday and wednesday um how excited are you to be able to race there and get back on a super late
12: yeah, we've been. I've run. I've run more this year than I have in the past. I don't know how many years. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. You know, we've been. Uh, we've been working at it. You know, much really much like the Cup side. We've just been trying to get a little better and, and trying to get some momentum. Um, on on that side of things too. So I'm looking forward to going to Berlin. It's been a little while since I've been there, but I'm looking forward to getting back. Really unique and weird. Short track. Um, I've run that a few times, but looking forward to getting up there. It's a good show. You know, a good a good midweek show. A place that. Uh, seemingly has a a lot of support from the local community that I remember. Always great crowds, and uh, they put up a a nice purse, um, you know, too, which in the asphalt world is a really big deal, in my opinion. So I think it's important for the racers to go and support those shows that that put up a lot of money to win um, when they do, because they don't happen all the time. So excited to go and and support it and and try to get a win. I'm going to go to Jeff and
4: then Lee.
12: Hey, Chase, how, how much do you think we should read into um,
5: the results here this weekend for, uh, you know, a temperature reading for the playoffs in terms of, like, you know, there's two road courses coming up and then Daytona? It's sort of like the last chance in some ways to see what people have, or is that not fair because this is, you know, not like a Vegas or Homestead in some
4: ways?
12: Yeah, that's a great question, I and mean, it is kind of your last uh, your last sample set of what would be a normal racetrack, I guess. Um, so that's a very valid question. Um you know you look at i'm just trying to think back to last year I and mean, it seems like all the all the Gibbs cars are really strong here last year um as a whole and and you know i think at some tracks the characteristics here might carry forward i'm not so sure that all of them are are necessarily that way but uh yeah i would i would say it's not unfair to say that this is our last kind of normal uh, opportunity to kind of show what you have or don't have but I do think that this place is very unique and it's kind of its own its own animal I mean you kind of think to you look at it and you're like well maybe it's kind of like Fontana but it's really not at all like Fontana I I never had a chance to race here at the old surface so this is really all I've known but ever since I've been running this place has always just been kind of its own its own world so um, I I do think it is a, a last normal look I guess but at the same time this place is very very different so I wouldn't read terribly far into it
4: go over to Lee in the far right
7: congratulations on being here this morning Kyle Bush didn't make it to uh, the driver's meeting but anyway um, just kind of curious about Watkins Glen is that a place you might have circled on your calendar as far as a place where you could you know break through or, or get a win with the success you and Alan have had there in the past
12: Yeah I don't I mean I've said this but I don't circle races you know it's just not how I operate Um, I just take it week to week and and try to try to get better you know and and I like like I've told you guys a thousand times I'll make it a thousand and one I I just want to be a guy that can go and contend every week and and be be in the running wherever we go whether it's a half mile road course two miles speedway you know I, I don't I don't want to care I don't want to care where we're going and that's that's where I want to get and uh I'll I'll keep working really hard until we can achieve that
7: going into turn one at Watkins Glen how dicey is it and and how important is it to get a good entrance into there to set up the entire lap um
12: I think, you know, it, it definitely matters. I mean, I think about it more really in terms of, of a restart, you know, and, and uh, you know, track position is extremely important. You know, it's really difficult to pass a leader there, especially now. So, um, you know, it's it's the game has changed. It, you know, used to it was a lot about how good of a launch you got, and now it's about who's pushing you and how good of a push you're going to get. So uh, pretty dependent upon... You know, you're almost better off having a bad launch, and the person behind you getting to you sooner than you are doing a really good job getting a good getting a good go at it. So, but that's just the game, you know, that that it's turned into.
4: Do we have any additional questions for Chase? We'll go up here to Larry. Get a mic like up. It's coming to you.
12: I can hear you,
2: <clears throat> Larry Leach from the Associated Press. You said this track is it's you know. Very unique in its own world. Can you just describe it to someone who's ever done what you guys do?
12: Yeah, I mean, I can try. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, what, when I say that, I think I'm more referring to just the. Uh, you know, heck, like I don't know what year this thing was paid, but it would have had to have been like 2012, 11, somewhere in there. Somebody, correct me if I'm wrong, but that'd be around my guess. Um, and. Whatever asphalt they used, I wish they used it on the roads and the highways around the United States because it just doesn't seem to age, um, and it doesn't seem to, uh, you know, doesn't seem to to give away a lot of grip. It, it's changed color a little bit, but it certainly doesn't seem like it has uh, it has become any more abrasive or, um, or or the grip level has has gone down any. So for that reason, you know, the middle of the track is still kind of the dominant place on the road the bottom lane's a little too flat to run at pace for a lengthy period of time Uh, and the middle just the way the track is shaped is just kind of the fastest way through and it has enough banking to make it work Um, you know and I think the hope is and and I think it will age eventually but you know is to try to keep working it up and and have a wider have a wider racing groove you know with the right amount of banking to to run And, and I think that's what they're trying to achieve with the Grippy stuff and, and trying to promote us moving up. So, um, yeah, it's just the the place has a lot of grip, it's still very fast, and hasn't uh, hasn't really seemed to change. So we'll we'll see if it's any different this weekend, but I uh, I kind of doubt it.
4: Anything final for Chase before we let him go? All right, Chase, Perfect. thanks for joining us.
1: There are 16 spots in the playoffs, and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right,
2: guys. Hey, weather issues, looks like moving in so the race has moved to two thirty. Uh so uh it should be starting here pretty soon. Hope you enjoyed it. I think I'm gonna try to keep this going uh every Sunday maybe. Uh these were all yesterday interviews and they're relevant for the race today. So uh hope you enjoyed it. You can always if you didn't get to listen to all of them, you can always come back to that link and find it. It's posted on the Rowdy Maglite Facebook page and the TikTok page. So go uh, also down I'll download it on to my YouTube page if somebody needs to subscribe to. Come on, hit that subscribe button. Hi right, guys, getting ready for that th- three race swing now. Watkins Glen first time back to Daytona for the sugar uh, free Coke go-sugar-free weekend, and then all over to Darlin the see Jerry, last big show with that star's president of uh, Daytona Hart, starting with that but Jerry Thornton retired. Okay, uh, man, looking forward to seeing the show. Good morning guys, 9 o'clock, Central, tn morning.
1: There are 16 spots in the playoffs. And just one track left. Well, not just any track.
2: We're basically gonna have to win.
3: Daytona.
1: A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive.
2: One point to the good.
1: And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com.